Hello, this is Zach, uh, one of the co-hosts of the Commander Theory Podcast. If you're listening to this, you're either a fan or you were directed here uh, by Pastime Games. So just a little story before the panel begins. Uh, me and my co-host came to Command Fest Bellevue to jam some games, meet some people, get some interviews possibly, all that kind of good stuff. And we asked Pastime if they were recording or streaming any of the events uh, or the panels in particular. And they said that they had no plans to we asked if we could uh help them out and maybe like record and post some of the panels that we thought were interesting to our audience and they said yeah as long as we get uh consent from everybody so we talked to a bunch of people and they were like yeah that sounds great so uh that's why we're here this is the content creator panel from uh friday at command fest bellevue so this uh, kind of, just so you'll know what's going on, uh, had a little shift. It was supposed to be Anna Marguerite, uh, who is a cosplayer and YouTube content creator. Uh, Power Dragon, uh, Daquan from the CAG. It had Cedric Phillips, who from Star City Games content uh, and, and other various online content. Um, and kind of at the last minute, they added the uh, Commander Cookout guys, Brando and Ryan, uh, Ryan ended up being the MC of the event, so that is what you're about to listen to. They will introduce themselves, and at this point I've talked way too long, so I uh, hope you enjoy. Bye! Alright, what's going down everybody? Welcome to Command Fest Bellevue. The, the first, is it the first panel? We're the first panel, so if anybody wants to channel in and, and come and ask some questions to some really great content creators, the time is now. We're going to start with some introductions, starting on stage left. Hi, my name is Anna Margaret, and I'm so excited. So I am, I am a full-time cosplayer, so the word professional feels kind of weird when my job is often creating costumes and dressing up. But it is my full-time job, and I'm super excited. I'll be in three different Magic cosplays this week. Uh, hello. Oh, wow, that's fun. Okay. <laughs> Microphones, I know. I'm not used to these. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, Cedric Phillips. I am the owner of Coalesce Apparel and Design over there. Uh, so I guess content is apparel now for me. Uh, I do the commentary on the Pro Tour and other Magic broadcasts and stream occasionally and write articles and edit articles and a whole bunch of stuff within the Magic community. So... If you have a question, I can probably answer it. So that's what I do, among other things. All right, excellent. Brando, we've got Brando from Commander Cookout. Oh, hi. Uh, I'm Brando from Commander Cookout. I was checking out the shirts. Uh, I am also a semi-pro content creator. I've been playing Magic 4 longer than I want to admit right now. And I'm Ryan's life mate, I guess. <laughs> I guess it is, is how we do it. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I like playing games. I like encouraging people to have fun. I like showing that Magic is a game that is supposed to be played to be fun. That's important. Awesome. And my name is Ryan. I'm the other half of Commander Cookout with Brando. You alluded to playing Magic for a long time. I know Cedric has played for a long time. Let's just get a quick tally of how long everybody's played for. Uh, I started in Stronghold, so 90... Was it in the 90s sometime? Stronghold? Well, Stronghold? Stronghold's far enough back that a lot of people here probably weren't even alive. Yeah. Uh, speaking of playing too long that people probably weren't alive, I've been playing for 25 years. Nice. So, uh, yes, that's... Yep, I'm old. I'm old. Show up. So I'm the odd one out. I was actually super into board games first. I was obsessed with Dominion, and I still am. So I'm late to the Magic game. I came from Pokemon and Dominion only recently in the last like few years. 
All right. But po I became obsessed. So Pokemon here too. Thing. Pokemon here too. We just gotta stand up. Okay. Right. Content. Let's talk content real quick before we flip over to questions. How long? And, and like long, 20, like 15 years, right? How long have I been creating content for? Yeah. Um, I've been creating content around the magic space since 2009. And then I was the, um, God, what was my title? Um, content coordinator and creator uh, at Star City Games for the past, uh, on and off for the past nine years. So I was in charge of all of that stuff. Very cool. And Anna? Okay, so my start with content creation was as a character actress. So you know those char face characters of princesses? Yeah, I can sing pretty much any Disney princess song you want. And so I started there and I was a character actress for about six years. I then had this epiphany moment that I could just dress up as the characters I liked on like a Tuesday. And I think that was when I first was like, oh my gosh, I can be a content creator. And so that was in about 2017. So I've been doing it for a I guess, while. I guess yeah, I'll been, uh, fill it's in been a minute. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> very cool. It's been a minute. Okay, super cool. And Brando and myself have been doing Commander Coco from since 2017. The planning for the show started in 2016. We started in early 17. But Brando's been a radio producer for since when? 10, 10 years? Going on 12. Going on 12 yeah. years. So we've got a we've got a late entry. Do you, Introduce yourself, let us know when you started playing Magic and how long you've been doing content for it. Oh, there we go. Um, actually, I've been doing playing Magic since 95, actually, so it's been a while. As far as content, I actually got in doing articles and doing the first Magic podcast or whatever way back when, so been probably 15 years of that. So. And now I just, you know, I'm everywhere now. Very cool. Everywhere now. Okay, so I guess where where what I'm trying to build with all of this is everybody here's been doing content for a couple of years. Magic content is booming all the time. There's more shows, more shows, more shows. How do you how did you guys start? What was the thing that either made you start or did somebody ask you? Did you have some technical prowess that you could lean on to start? Who wants to who wants to go first? I'll do it. I'll do it. Sorry, I don't mean to step on you there, but I'm the furthest to the left. So um, I, I wanted to practice being a producer. I wanted to get better at my real life job. And I figured this would be a great opportunity for me to get out and talk about something that I love, make some new friends and just kind of grow something that I, I'm really passionate about. So I, I got a friend and I got a studio and a microphone and kind of the, the rest is history. It's a small origin story, but it's those are the best ones. All right. You know, I would say for me, it was first time I did it when we did the first podcast was just a friend who was into tech and he'd heard about these things called podcasts and nobody was doing them for magic. So we did one. But then the second time around, which I started two or three years ago, was more like recognizing there just weren't that many people of color in the space. So I just figured, all right, let's hop in here. Let's try some things different. Let's do a different type of podcast. And then it's kind of just led to the next thing and the next thing. So yeah, just being active and trying to give people a different perspective. Cool, Cedric? Uh, my content origin story was, I top aided a pro tour in 2009 and they wanted me to write a tournament report. So I did. <laughs> and then after that I was like, all right, this is kind of fun. People are interested in what I have to say about uh, competitive magic and stuff, and things just kind of dovetailed from there. But uh, yeah, that's how things got started, as I accidentally did well at a really big tournament. And Anna? 
So I talked a little bit about how I got into content creation. And so I, I love dressing up. I have pictures of me at like 10 months being held by a Klingon at a Star Trek convention. And I was like technically dressed up. And so I had been working as a character actress and dressing up as different princesses or people would ask me to be a certain character. And so I told you I had that eureka moment in 2017 of I can just dress up of what like things I like. And so kind of getting into magic content was I really like magic. My husband and I are playing it every evening. We're obsessed. And so as I fell and became obsessed with magic, I also really loved the freedom of getting to dress up as characters with my own spin on it. Oftentimes when you're dressing up as a character from a show or a movie, there's tons of reference images and there's this feeling that you might have to be screen accurate. I think that something really beautiful about making magic content is lots of the characters look totally different in the little, like the art we have of them. And so for Jenny Faye, she has different hair colors in the two different cards. And so it's like the first time I cosplayed her, I had red hair. I went black with black hair today, but it's fun and I really enjoyed that freedom. And so I think that as I started falling in love with the artwork and with the format of magic, it was just like, I have to cosplay these characters. Like I'm obsessed. And so it's a way that I can create art around something that I really love. Super cool. I think origin stories all being compiled the the main takeaway is is if anybody out there wants to do content anybody can do it like are, are, am i am i going to get a nod of heads everybody can yeah, I, I think do anybody it. can do it but like just just do it with intention right have a plan know what you want to cover how you're going to be different what's going to make you stand out you know whatever your unique perspective is that you're i kind of call it the like a unique value proposition why is somebody going to come watch you or listen to you or whatever over somebody else? Once you figure that out, that's going to be your north star for 90% of what you do. Oh, I like that north star. I was I was going to I was going to use a corporate term and call it how do how do I become a value provider or a solution provider, right? Is is there a question that people are asking that I can that I already know the answer to that nobody else is is asking or or providing? I'd like so, to kind of tag in on that. I think also is like a fun thing that I've noticed with content is like, if I enjoy the content I'm making, then people tend to also enjoy it more. Like when I'm happy and I'm excited and I'm bringing an enthusiasm or love of a character, people are more likely to be like, wow, that's really fun. And so I think a big thing is sometimes people feel like there's all this competition or you have to be the best at something or you have to be amazing to do it. And I think about like how half, like some of my early cosplays and you can really, as long as you bring that passion and that excitement and that love and that joy, that's just as valid. You don't have to be the best. You, you just can have just to be, be pretty decent. You just have to be passionate about yes. it. Yes. And everybody here, I'm sure, loves magic. Now, we talked about asking questions. Let's kick it out to questions in the crowd. We've got a microphone there. If anybody wants, has a burning desire, a question, and ask me anything, if anybody wants to step up. We will answer literally any question that you ask. I've been asked a lot of crazy friendly, questions right? over the years. Oh, so. man. Literally I don't know about you. I might not question. answer any oh. question that's asked. <laughs> it depends on the question. Right. So my question is... Since Introduce yourself. Oh. Uh, there we I'm, go. I'm Matt Kanji. Um, oh. I've been oh, a fan. Oh, I don't know. Yes. I'm Matt right Kanji. I'm going to face this one. Uh, I've been a fan of the Commander Cookout podcast for some time now, and I got back into uh, Commander in 2018 when, out of nowhere, um, a new friend from college said, hey, do you know what magic is? And I told him, I've been looking for an excuse to get into magic for years, and that was kind of my jumping off point. Uh, my question is for you guys, I mean, obviously magic is something that ties us all together, but this is a command fest. And my question was, 
what got you into Commander or Elder Dragon Highlander specifically, and why are you still? What 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 do you like about it now? All right. Do we want to take some turns? Who's who's got who's got an answer? Yeah, for I, me, I'd actually played for years from the beginning because I had a bunch of friends in the Judge community. So I actually played back when it was Elder Dragon Highlander when you just played dragons. But and honestly, I've played like the same deck since then. I've always had it. But I treat it as like my escapism, right? I play 60 cards for other stuff where I'm trying to be competitive and do other things. And my 100 card magic is literally just casual. It's all fun. Something for me to do, socialize, shoot the breeze with the friends, you know, all that stuff. So for me, it's just just my time to relax and enjoy gaming and not treat it like a job or a process more than anything else. I'm, I'm waiting for that. Okay, go ahead, Brando. <laughs> oh, no, I plugged up my glasses. I'm getting too hot. Uh, anyway, I have a remarkably similar kind of thing. I used to play... Are these, can I just talk over her? Yeah, just Is that okay? Talk. I'm just going to talk over her. So... I have a remarkably similar story. I got out of 60-card competitive because it was a little bit... I don't want to say it was too much pressure, but I wasn't having fun all the time because the goal was to try and win and crush people, and that's not who I am as a human. So I wanted to find something casual, and I found it in, in EDH, where it gave me an opportunity to be creative and play all these junky cards that I had kicking around since I was a kid, and they all found a home in this one glorious format and I found it with with friends that appreciate it and with like-minded humans out there also that want to see those cards played and want to see what kind of kooky stuff you can do with with old rectangles of cardboard and I just I fell in love with it right away and now I just I can't get away from it Anna okay commander so I think that I think that Commander is a really fun way to get into magic, and I know it's how I got into magic. How, what happened was it was my husband's birthday, and a friend of ours gifted us each a pre-con. So I got a gift for his birthday, which was great. And so we had these pre-con decks, and we, we played with them a few times, and then it was like the bug was planted, and I was like, these cards are beautiful. I need all of them. And so I think from there, we started building decks, and I have way too many, brought a bunch of them with me. But I think the, really, the art really captured my imagination. And so on a surface level, in a commander deck, you have more cards, so there's more room for things that I love. But also, I think for me, commander has always been a social thing. We host a lot of magic parties and drafts at our house. We love having our friends over. We play all the time. And so I think that commander... I really love this format because you can have four people in a game or more. We were able to get my sister and her husband, my brother-in-law, like all of our family into it. And it's become kind of like a big social game for us. And so we think that Commander is my favorite because it's something I do with my friends and with my family. And I really enjoy it. More than four people in a pod? Really? You crazy? It's an adventure. It's an adventure. Those political decks get way stronger as you start smushing in. Oh, Cedric, how did you get into Commander? All right, this is going to be an ugly answer no one wants to hear. I played my first Commander match three weeks ago. Oh! <laughs> how's, that, how's that taste? Yeah. So, um, if people don't know me or whatever, like, so I, I play on the competitive side of things, but I was editing um, Star City games for basically a decade. So, look, I've got a lot of familiarity with Commander. Um, because I've known Sheldon Menery for a very long time, just a lot of people in the Commander space, right? And I've been going to these Commander Fest uh, that have happened all summer long. Uh, the one in Las Vegas, um, the one in Indianapolis, uh, Richmond, all of their stuff, and I'm here at the one in Bellevue. So even though I'm not a in-depth Commander player like all you fine folks, uh, both in the crowd and next to me, I do have a very solid understanding of what makes it an enjoyable format, which also makes me enjoy it, which is the togetherness of being able to have a non-competitive approach to the game and be able to play with cards that would not 
see the light of day in competitive formats, like which I'm probably more known for playing. And I actually think there's some enjoyment in that uh, and being able to basically take your personality and put it into a deck, which again, when you're playing in a tournament, yeah, that's not an option. I mean, it is if you don't want to win, but like if you do want to, if, if, if you actually like want to play and enjoy yourself, you're like, hey, I like zombies and I'm going to build this zombie deck however the heck I want to and have it do these things that I want to or whatever your theme is going to be. I think that's actually a really cool aspect of the game that, you know, if we're talking 10, 12, 13 years ago when Magic was purely focused on being competitive and not non-competitive. I don't really like the term casual because it has a negative connotation, so I prefer to use the term non-competitive. Um, I like that this whole entire thing exists. Again, 10 or 12 years ago, this thing that we're at right now would not be a thing. And I actually very much enjoy that this is a thing, and it's a very non-competitive, enjoyable setting. People are here to play their games, interact with one another, see the cool things that are going on in other people's decks, and just have fun. Um, Again, I'm someone who played in a million competitive tournaments, so what, what you would actually see, if none of you guys have been in a competitive tournament, is people play in the tournament, and if they lose, they're pissed. And if they win, that's what they thought should happen. So people aren't really having fun unless they're winning. When you're at one of these, people are just like, I don't know, I'm just here playing Magic for the weekend and having fun. And that's actually just a way better vibe for everyone involved. And so that is actually like why I enjoy Commander in general, is that the vibe is just overall way more fun and enjoyable and people are actually it's a crazy thought having fun playing magic wild but that's what's going on here are you meaning to tell me that games are supposed to be fun i know that's a lot to take in and that's why people pay their entry fee today to get in here is to learn that but that's that's the truth. Oh man, I've been I, doing it wrong this whole time. That's I lose all the time. I lose all the time, and I have the most fun. And and over the course of the weekend, we'll round you into form. Hey, three three weeks of commander. Sculpt experience. me. We'll sculpt yep. you into sculpt a me. commander playing god. Do it. Okay. Next question. Who's got one? Who's got one? Who's got a burning inquiry? Got to go to the microphone. Got to go to the mic. We can't hear you. Got to get your steps in today. Oh, I've got plenty of steps in today. Right. All right, well, I'm come, more, come more won't hurt. Um, introduce yourself first. I know who you are, but who are you? My name's Daniel. I am a... Closer to the mic, Daniel. My name's Daniel. I am a listener to Power Dragon and the Commander Cookout, guys. Much appreciated. Not a problem. Um, how has the pandemic affected your guys' previous or current jobs? Who wants to start? Should you we know, do same I, order? I would say it's it's kind of interesting because it wasn't just the pandemic. We had like a lot of things happening over the last two years, right? Socially, politically, you know, and I think all of those things affected content in different ways. You know, we even talked about it on our podcast about how there was going to be a drop off in some things for some people, right? And they weren't prepared for that because a lot of people were at home and they had more time to you know binge watch youtube or whatever it was but as that started to change people weren't prepared for that big shift that happened you know so i think if fortunately you know i'd run a business and whatever you kind of look at all these outside things but i think for people that don't there were a lot of shocks that came you know not being prepared for the rush on one side and then not being prepared for the drop-off on the other you know so it's definitely had a different effect on people fortunately I was able to ride it pretty well, so like I'm excited that everything worked out. But it it's been up and down for a lot of people that I talked to. And Brando, what do you what do you think for us for us specifically? Because we 
we we record not out of our house. We record out of an actual radio station that we didn't necessarily always have access to for almost a year. <laughs> we had, I think we had a, I don't want to say a better experience than a lot of other people, but I think we might have just in the fact that we could just sneak into the radio station and kind of do our own thing. And when we weren't allowed to do that, we managed to just change the content a little bit. You're at the lake on the beach and I'm stuck in the damn studio all day and we would we would play off of that stuff and I think most of the people that I talked to were just happy to hear some normalcy and I think that that's what we tried to inject into our content over the last few years is yeah stuff is terrible yeah like there's a lot going on but like we're going to get through it and we're going to come out the other side and we're going to be even better and you can see that at events like this where we're coming back and things are bigger and better than ever and i think that that's yeah like it's, it's true of our content and i think it's true of the magic scene in general like lots of things we couldn't ignore it we couldn't ignore that what was going on around us you have to acknowledge it and then you have to put something out that people want to hear that people like to hear that makes them happy it's magic it, it's what you came here for and and that I, I think I went into it despite you know all the all the crap over the last couple of years that's been going on. You go into it with the mindset that you want to bring somebody joy, make somebody happy, and and that's kind of what got us through when we had to do remote recordings or extra steps in editing or or whatever it is. You go in thinking this is going to make somebody happy. This is going to make somebody's week. Somebody's got to go to work, you know, at a hospital or stocking grocery shelves or filling gas tanks or whatever it is. I want to make somebody happy. That's, that's kind of the, the approach that we had. We did the arc of good vibes for two years. Yeah. Two years. Yeah. Good vibes. It's funny you say that because there was a point around like, I want to say like May or June, 2020, that I remember having the thought of like, oh, I'm basically like therapy for people right now, watching the people come into the chat, you know, and they're talking about stuff going on. And then like a month or two later, I realized like, this is almost therapy for me. Cause like, I'm not seeing anybody. Like I'm doing all my recording and all my stuff from like one studio room and that is it. I didn't see people for like a year, you know? So it was almost as much for me as it was for my listeners and viewers. Yeah, Anna and Cedric, how, how did it, how did the pandemic, uh, for lack of a better word, help you or inspire you or, or what good could you get out of that experience over the last 2021, 20, 22? It's a fun question to answer. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, what good did you see out of it? I guess. How do, how do you, how do you spin a negative into a positive? Is that, is that, am I interpreting the question right? How do, how do we get a positive out of, out of a negative? Uh, all right. So the positive is I got, um, I got more time to focus on the apparel brand that I'm working on over there. So there you go. That's, you know, that's not shilling, but you know, feel free to stop by and buy something. Um, no, that, that was actually one of the nice things. So during my time from like 2010 to 2019, when I was doing coverage of tournaments a bunch, basically doing coverage of events like 35 weekends a year, it means I was on the road for 35 weekends a year, right? And so up and down, airplanes, hotels, everything else, right, for competitive magic. Well, then the pandemic kind of shut all that stuff down. Uh, which was a shift, right, um, for me personally. And so it allowed me to focus on something creatively that I wouldn't have been able to probably have the time to focus on appropriately otherwise. And so that has been great because it has been an outlet for me to be creative and enjoy myself and ultimately do something that I frankly enjoy way more than what I was doing previously. So um, I guess that is the positive I would take away from what was ultimately clearly a very negative time and negative situation for pretty obvious reasons. But 
I mean, I think we all just try to find the thing that kind of makes us happy during that time. If it was, you know, streaming video games or watching movies, catching up on books, learning a new skill, whatever, uh, that was the thing that I did. And unsurprisingly, it was revolving around magic because that's what my life basically revolves around. But it was a way to try to find something new that's interesting to people within the space that I know. So that's how I guess I'll use the word coped. I think I... I really struggled at the beginning because I'm a very social person. And I didn't even realize how important that human interaction was for me until suddenly I didn't have it. And so I I was really kind of floundering looking for social connections at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think that moving from doing mostly in-person events where I was in costume and doing parties and doing kind of a lot of my my work in front of people, it was a huge shift to suddenly be more online. And I had always talked about like, I need to focus more on social media. Like I should be taking pictures and sharing things on social media. And I just didn't until the pandemic hit. And then it was like, oh my gosh, I need human interaction. I need to do something. And so I ended up kind of shifting and diving more into social media than I had really done before. And so as a result, I grew a lot more on social media than I had ever done before. And so in that, I was able to open up different opportunities with cosplay. And I actually have been cosplaying and doing creative work full time for about a year now. And so in that pandemic time, I made the shift from having this be my side job to my real job of teaching computer science. And then my side job took over my real job. And now this is my real job, which is both a really exciting thing. And so I think it was very bittersweet for me. I think I really, really struggled not seeing people in person. But I do think that this was, the pandemic was really the push for me that made my passion take over my full-time job. So I don't know if I would have done it. I don't know if I would have ended up quitting my full-time job and making the plunge into content creation if I hadn't had the pandemic then. So ultimately, I think I'm really happy with what happened, but I personally really struggled. I'm so excited to see people. I'm like, look at all the people. I'm going to play so much magic, and I'm so happy to be back with people. Super cool. Let's hear it for all the, the, the full-timers. There we go. There we go. Okay, we've got two more questions. We've got time for two more. Who's up? Who's up? Make sure to introduce yourself. Talk right into the mic. How's it going? Uh, I'm Corey. Uh, I'm the official photographer for Anna Margaret. Uh, and I've got kind of a simple question. Uh, what is everybody's favorite commander deck they're playing right now? Oh. Who, okay, let's, let's go left no, to right. Okay. Oh, no. Anna first. I feel specifically called out because I could not pick my favorite and brought way too many decks with me. I think um, I'm obsessed with vampires. If you see me tomorrow, I'm going to be Olivia Crimson Bride. I brought my Edgar Markov uh, deck, which I'm obsessed with. So that might be my favorite. I don't know. I also brought my Jenny Faye deck, who I'm cosplaying now. So that might also be my favorite. It depends on the day. We'll say Edgar Markov today. Nice. And Cedric, how many, how many decks do you have right now? With my deep deep three <laughs> weeks of commander play you got like 10 decks already Whew, i'll tell you what um joey schultz oh i don't know if he is well i know he's in the room but i don't he's, know if you can yeah hear where's this. joey schultz he's can, in here somewhere can we get a joey schultz wave um he uh i don't see him he he handed me a commander oh, deck uh it was a wilhelm deck and it was super rad so that is my answer by default because every time i see joey i say you can't play that deck anymore i'm gonna go play it and then I, uh, I play with that. So Wilhelm Zombies deck by default for now. Very cool for now. FYI, mono black zombies, best zombies. Noted. Funny as it is, since I, you know, I told you I've been playing forever, I actually only had one commander deck up until two years ago. And it was Rift the Awakener. So I played the same 
commander forever. And I just swapped cards in it constantly or whatever. Which is funny because I'd always have people ask me like, can I see your deck list? I'm like, it's not going to be the same tomorrow. Like I literally just kept changing cards in it. Now I have like four or five decks, but I actually got into a habit of when I buy collections that there's like the majority of a commander deck done, I'll just finish it. And then that becomes added to the pile or whatever. So that's really where it came from. But my, my favorite has just been Rift because I've just played it forever and I've done it in 20 different ways and it's just been a blast to play. Dang, okay. So loner deck, couple decks. How many decks you got, Brando? Uh, I'm up to 26. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's a commander's great. You only need one of any card, right? It's Exactly. Yeah. Commander playsets, baby. That's how we, that's how we do things. Uh, my favorite one currently is Corona the False God. Uh, I, I've been i've had it on the hoist for a few months i played a few games with it but now after some of the the party cards that came out in the new Baldur's gate set i think i think she's right where she needs to be to really uh make some games that are both fun and super duper fast for you know not me because i just want to finish i just want to get killed first and then go play another game and i'm i'm there i'm there now Nice. I, I'm feeling the Rift the Awakener. Rift the Awakener, my third deck ever. My third deck ever, like in 2009. Like way back in the day, but now Jetmere. Jetmere, it's got a Rift in it. It's a Sapperling token deck. It's got a Jenny Faye in it too. There we go. As does mine. Awesome, awesome. Okay, one more question. The Long Walk. This is going to be the not magic question. I can feel it. He's making it worth it. <laughs> uh, my name is Billy, and uh, I guess as creators, I uh, ask: Do you ever see like a a creative block, or uh, you get burnout? And how do you deal with that when you run into it? If you have, Ooh. hey Billy, uh, baby, the answer is no. I generally have more ideas and more stuff than I can deal with in a month. Like, I genuinely mean that. Like, my goal would be to have, like, two or three people that I could have under me to help make content to just be on my channels and stuff. Because every month I just, like, trash probably 15, 20 ideas. Like, there's... If you are really thinking about it constantly and you're passionate about it or whatever, there's always ideas. I mean, you're, you're always going to find something to talk about, write about. I mean, I would say at least half our podcast episodes, we cut three or four topics pre-show that we know we're just not going to be able to cover. You know, just not enough time. So, like, yeah, I would say no. I just have, there's tons of stuff out there, really. Yeah. Brando, what do you feel about burnout? Well, I feel, uh, sometimes I do feel like I get burnt out, but I think the reason that I feel that way is because there is so much to talk about and so much that I want to talk about and squeeze into every show that we do. And when we can't, I get frustrated, and I want to talk about all these things sometimes, and I just... It's not that I don't have a platform to do it, but I don't always get a chance to talk about all the things that I want to. Um, but, I mean, I, I guess I could just do more content, but I ain't got time for that, unfortunately. The time thing. Yeah, 35 weekends a year, Cedric. What do you think about that? Um, when I'm creating content, if I'm doing, uh, like, my podcasts or streaming or anything like that, uh, as Duan mentioned, there's really no, there's no shortage of ideas, at least for me uh, as well. I've never really had that be a problem. It's just the ability to execute on all of those things or scrapping them, maybe moving to a later date, whatever. Um, burnout can't happen. Uh, I, 
when you do a lot of work uh, and you're creating a lot of things, it's possible for that to take place. So um, I'm not going to say something as trivial as work-life balance because I don't believe in that. But um, you have to find you have to find time for yourself to step away, uh, basically. Uh, and I think that's an important thing to do. So have fun creating, and hopefully you're creating cool things and creating things because you want to create them, so you're creating for the right reasons. But also find some time to step away and give your give your brain a little bit of time off, I think. And, and Anna, what do you think? I sometimes joke that I quit my full-time job to work more than a full-time job. And so I actually... Preach. I do feel like I run into burnout in lots of things that I do. And I think for me it's because I... I love doing things to the best of my ability. I want to do 100% on everything I do. And there's oftentimes not enough hours in the day or not enough materials. Or like, it's impossible for me to do 100% on everything. And I really struggle with putting something out into the world if it's not my very best. And so I end up working overworking, working harder on projects than I probably need to, deciding to build new cosplays with like two weeks notice, which I don't need to. But like, it's hard because when you're your own boss, it, you don't always want to give yourself a break. And so I know I know that I struggle with this. Something I try to do is if I'm feeling burnt out, miserable, stressed, I usually need to eat some food. I get really hangry. And if, I, if I'm picking a fight with someone, I try to like take a step back, even if it's someone's myself, and be like, I probably need some food. This is this is my fault. I shouldn't we, be yelling we, we at you. We've got a lot of people nodding in the crowd. Oh, yeah. One one person in particular who who's nodding when you said hangry. Oh, yeah, yeah. I also sometimes feel like I then need to get some sleep. And I think that something that helps me, too, is I look at something and I can see all the flaws. I can see the mistakes in my stitching. I can see where my three-year-old rubbed off the spray paint on armor. Like, I can see all of the flaws, but most people don't see that. They look at something and they're like, oh, cool, I like that character. Or I have no idea who you are, but nice-looking character. That's what you get when you wear a magic cosplay to just a general fan expo event. Everyone's like, oh, you're, are, you, are you a witch from Harry Potter? Like, no, I'm Tasha, but good, you're close. And so I think I try to like take that step back and remember that I am my biggest critic. And now that I am my own boss, I also need to give myself the grace I would give to anyone else. And so I do. I struggle with burnout a lot. And it's not because I don't love what I'm doing. I think it's maybe sometimes because I love it too much. And I need to take that step back and be like, no one cares about this as much as I do. And let that be a freeing moment of, I care the most about this. I can give myself an extra few days and no one will care. If I push back this video, if I push back this costume, it'll still come out. And I'm the only one that is distressed about this. Yeah, that's that's a big thing for me too. Like being being somebody who's engaged with magic as we all are it, it there is no shortage of ideas there's no shortage of inspiration there's no shortage of different worlds that we can go to or different characters that we can be decks that we can build decks that we can do deck techs for right but uh as somebody who does multiple forms of content i do i do feel you and and i do feel the being away the 35 weeks that's sticking in my head because i used to travel with my old job so much and uh, uh it, it sounds like a lot but anybody who's 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 listening to this don't let it scare you if that's what you want to do if you're passionate about magic if you want to make something that you think that people would like listen to engage with do it. There's there. You've got everybody up here saying there's no shortage of ideas oh, yeah, and like, ways to do it. To put it in perspective, like I jokingly tell people that know me, if I'm ever found dead and they tell you I was going crazy, it's not true. I just write notes on everything as I have ideas because literally all over my computer, I like if I have a spare napkin from like 
fast food or whatever, I'm just like writing down an idea and it just lives on my computer desk somewhere. So like, if I'm trying to come up with something like, oh yeah, that thing I thought about on Tuesday or whatever, and you know, just constantly making notes. Like, even after, like even walking around here, I'm gonna probably get six or seven things. Like, do I make a YouTube video about this? Do I talk about it on the podcast on Wednesday? Do it, you know, just constant. It almost just doesn't turn off. Super cool. Now, I just got the word that we got time for one more before the art jam. Does anybody got one more, one more burning question? Are we good? Are we good? A deep burning desire. Okay. Oh, we might have one. Hi, I'm short. Uh, my name is Candice. I'm actually the social media and communications manager with Pastimes. Um, I'm also on my tippy toes. And I would like to ask you all, um, when it comes to content creation, how could a person just trying to get involved in this sort of industry of content creation and magic, how do they get started? You're lucky because you've got a couple different kinds of creators. We've got we've got cosplay covered, we've got YouTube covered, we've got coverage covered. Who wants to take it? Anna, do you want to start? How do you how, how do you I know you answered how you got into it, but if you were gonna tell somebody how to get into cosplay, how do you start? So I think that if you, I think that there's both the way of just being into cosplay. I think I genuinely believe anyone can cosplay. You can, uh, lots of my cosplays still have like, you know, I made a tiara out of zip ties. Like you can, no matter where you're at, where your skill level, you can always get into cosplay. Now it's a little bit different to have cosplay be as like your content, turning it into something that's monetized. And I guess if I was going to, if I was, if somebody was interested in going into cosplay more professionally, the first thing I would say is find that sense of community. Those people that are there with you in the same journey, building costumes with you, you can collaborate with. Like I know there's there's some awesome discords and Facebook groups that are like cosplay marketing. And like finding those community of people that can kind of inspire you that you can work with. I think that, that um, if you were wanting to get into cosplay, that's a good way. I think also um, the biggest thing about cosplay is that you, it's like a conglomeration of about 20 different hobbies. It's like, okay, you are building armor with foam or warbler, different materials. You might also be sewing or doing photography. I joke that that's my personal photographer. I do all my own editing, but I'm always like, ah, this is a weird pose. I need you to take 200 pictures of this for my pinup calendar. And so I think having those people around you that can uplift you, that you can work with, I think that's the biggest advice I can give. There's so many different aspects of cosplay. Find what you like and then find a sense of community and people that can be with you in that journey. Super cool. Cedric, how do we get into Pro Tour coverage? The 30-second version. Oh, God. There's no 30-second version of that, so it's probably not fit to tell right now either. So let's just, we're going to steer this a different direction for you. Sure. Uh, so for content creation or starting, like, because this is a content creation Q&A, uh, my answer to that general question is just start um, you can make all of the excuses in the world of, okay, my YouTube page, I don't have a banner yet, I don't have this thing yet, also just start um, doing whatever you want to do. There's a million resources out there via YouTubes or Facebook groups or whatever, uh, and you can make an ex you can make a million excuses about like why you can't launch your first thing yet, or this thing's not ready, all this other stuff. Just the only way to get started is to just start. Your first thing's gonna suck. Whatever it is, it's just going to be bad. And you're going to look at it X years later and be like, wow, I was awful. Uh, that's just how it works. So don't expect perfection. Perfection is just going to make you not get started. Uh, so just start and realize it's going to be bad and realize that you're going to get better at it because, like, you know, can you imagine just being awesome at the thing 
that you just tried for the first time. That's just not going to happen ever. doesn't happen to anyone about anything. So um, just start doing whatever you, you want to do and figure out if you like it or not. And if you do, then find ways to get better at it and find people who are good at it and see if you can learn from them. And if you don't, then find something else. That's it. A couple of quick things. One, try to get an understanding of business and taxes because you're going to be working for yourself. You're running a business. And so many people don't keep track of that. They cost themselves tons of money. They don't know what to write off. April 15 runs around, comes around and they owe like $8,000 in taxes, whatever. It's a mess. Like, get that right. Second thing, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Like, sometimes you just have to say, okay, this is as far as it's going to go. I'm going to put it out there and get some feedback. Right? Because otherwise you're going to nitpick it forever and you're going to keep staring at it and you're going to find another flaw and it's just, it's going to be endless. And then I agree totally with what Cedric's saying is at some point you just got to get started. And the way I explain it to people when I consult for them on content is if you wait another six months to put a thing out, that's six months you weren't learning how to do that thing better. And you'll have the excuse of, I want a better camera, right? Or I got to learn this program. Like literally I hopped in, I had never edited a video in my life. Two and a half years later, I have 1300 pieces of video content up online, right? Like, you just figure it out. Like you will research it, there's resources. But I can tell you, worrying about if it was gonna be good on day one would have been dumb because I can go back and look at those, the whole first six months of my videos look nothing like what I put up today. But it's just part of the learning process. Just do it, don't let, the, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. That was fantastic, that was fantastic. Brando, round it out for you us. You want me to follow all that, thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. So I guess what I would say is, uh, if you're not blessed with incredible talent or skill or insight, and you're just some schmo that wants to just do something that they love, just go and do it. And even, it's not the same as let the perfect be the enemy of good. Just, just make stuff that you wanna see, make stuff that you like, and get it in front of people and people of like minds will find it and they will gravitate to it and they you will create a community and a buzz and even if it's small it's it's something that that, that you're going to put in the world that you're going to leave behind and you can look back at and say hey i did something i did something freaking cool man like that's what it worked for me and ryan it brought us all the way here and i think anybody could do that if you have a passion for it and you are honest in what you're trying to do and are not afraid to put yourselves out there cool yeah. cool okay real quick real quick social media roundups can we do a quick one anna do you want to start uh, twitter instagram facebook where can we find you you can find me on it's anna margaret i stole the it's idea from will wheaton because i'm obsessed with him so on all social media it's its anna margaret and so everywhere also i have fun little proxies of me in cosplay so if you find me i can hand you one that has my social media on it as well Cool. Cedric? Uh, Cedric A. Phillips on actual everything. On actual everything. Cool. Uh, same. You can find me at Power Dragon, just like it's spelled here, except for on TikTok, because somebody randomly is camping on this name spelled exactly the same way. So it's <laughs> the Power Dragon over there. I don't know. They won't sell it to me either. I tried. <laughs> find out where they live. We'll have a talk to them. Well, send me and Ryan. We're good at that. Yeah, Brando, where can you find us? You can find us on Twitter at uh, CCO Podcast and CCO Brando or for a full list of anywhere you can find the better or the worst podcast on the internet, depending on how you look at it. You can check out commandercookout.com. Cool. Okay. Uh, big round of applause for everybody. Thanks for being here. Thanks for answering the questions. Sorry I'm talking over the announcements. Thank you for being here and asking questions. We appreciate it. 
for the two p.m. mystery seal. Be 